Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by A2D, Addicted to Dance Company. Check us out on the web, a2dance.com. We're growing foundation giving back to our community, and changing lives is our mission. It's time to harvest you. Let's nourish our mama joy by living big and loving bigger. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Teresa. And in this episode, we're talking about the transition from our children looking at us, us being their sun and their moon, to all of a sudden, that. And how that feels, how mamas can move through that, and that, like, strike in the heart that happens every uh, once in a while as this transitioning is happening. Welcome to our podcast. Let's get started. Harvesting you. The Carpenter's Notebook by Mark Lemon. Two years after his father's death, Brendan is staring down the barrel of a divorce. He leaves his daughters in collapsing marriage to fulfill a promise his father made to his mother, and he discovers the answers he wasn't looking for that end up helping him with his own life. I reach for my tape more like a gunslinger going for a six-shooter rather than a timid, albeit middle-aged, apprentice afraid to do the wrong thing. Dean Johnson, co-host of Home Time, says home improvement is a thread that runs through many of our lives. Mark has woven it into a very rich and unique story. Brett Witter, publisher of Chicken Soup for the Soul, says a wonderful book about building both houses and relationships that is wise, touching, and as satisfying as a hard day's work well done. Like Chicken Soup for the Soul, it shows us that great wisdom is built from the material of everyday life. Check out The Carpenter's Notebook by Mark Clement on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at bookstores nationwide did you experience this with jack transitioning is really hard and transitioning from being a kid to a teenager is almost as hard as the transition from baby to when baby is not, is somewhere else, is with a caregiver, is with daycare, is with whatever. That first moment leaving, leaving the baby, like saying, I will trust this person with my child. That's really hard. And the transition to when that baby grows up and is like, go away. <laughs> it's really hard because it happens the go away business when they get to be teenagers. And I don't need you. 
I got this. And then but they, I know. They do, but they so do need you. But they so don't want to because right. they're striking out on their own. They want to be independent. They want to be fully formed. Like my son says he is not a child anymore. And I'm, I keep reminding him, technically, you're a child until you're 18, darling. And then he's like, wow, I'm a teenager. It's like, yes, you are a teenager, but you you can't go out on your own, even though you want to mm -hmm. go and have your own apartment and mm -hmm. make your own decisions. But um, but he knows he's not ready for all that. But he's asserting himself as being an independent young man. And that's hard. Witnessing. It's hard. It is hard to witness. It's hard to go through. It's hard to support because you too, at least I feel I'm looking for weight, but you do need me. And it's like, it's like, it's like a tug of war rope and it's learning how to not let go of that rope because they do still need you. They just need their independence too. So giving them that space to learn new and you not knowing all their, you know, I was Chase's secret keeper. I was his go-to for, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven, it started to shift. Like the t it just started to shift and I noticed it and I can remember being like, why does he want to spend so much time in his room? Why does he want to spend so much, you know, like there was less time of, hey, let's watch a movie or let's do something together and more needing that independence. And that in between mamas, I can promise you it does get better. And the relationships do grow bigger, right? Like, don't you feel like, like I've loved every stage and I've had every stage also where there's, there's like, oh, sadness. Like I used to cry every year when my kids got older. And now like over the past couple of years, it's like watching them become their own and this new person and it's exciting. And there are those moments though, where it's like, you need to be on the other end of that rope because if they fall back, they're expecting to fall on you. Yes. So don't give up. Don't think that you are not important anymore because you are important. Yes. No matter what they say, because they, I know he doesn't mean it when he says he doesn't want me around or need me because yeah. then he turns around and then he wants me around and he needs me. And then, so it's this weird game of like playing jump rope and knowing when to jump in the rope and when to jump out, you know, like, yeah. okay, I'm here, play. I'm here not to play. I'm going to be standing over here just ready in case we need something. And my kid's always been fiercely independent and he played by himself a lot and he did his own thing a lot and he wanted to be he's always wanted to have that independence so that isn't completely new to me it's that he is a little bit more resistant to vulnerability yeah being a kid like Need, knowing 
admitting that he wants me and needs me around. And then when he's not thinking about it, it's easy. But when he's thinking about it, he's like, yeah, I'm all grown up. Then he's more resistant of uh, me, which, and he does the same thing with his father, which is a different experience altogether because he wants to show his father he's fully capable and show his father he can. And he doesn't admit anything vulnerable at all to his father. You know, he wants to be, yeah, I, you know, I know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. he says different words to me than he does to his dad. And his dad never hears some of the words he says to me. And it's funny seeing him trying to navigate those two different relationships. Because well, he will tell me I'm I'm weird. We went this whole thing yesterday. Mom, you're so weird. Why are you so weird? Why don't you act your age? Why are you so silly? And mm-hmm. Then I asked him how old I act, and he's like 20. And I was like, how old are you? And he's like 40. And I'm like, sometimes I feel that way. (laughs) You you act like you're way older than you are. And he thinks that I don't act as old as I am. And then he said his father acts like he's 60 years old. Like he acts like he's grumpy, you know, like he's old Mm -hmm. and stuck in his ways. And he kind of is in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's sweet to recognize that Jack recognizes the relationships, what he, what he's comfortable with you, what he's comfortable with Mark. That's a, that's a maturity thing where a lot of kids, like I have a 13 year old who is that he's, he's very much, he teeter totters with how to, how to feel. And Chase is also a super, super feelings feelings kids. So if he's in an environment where um, it's uncomfortable or there's hostility or there's anger, or there's fighting, like Chase can feel it before he even walks in the door. He's just super, super intuitive like that. So when it comes to that, that way of, of um, communicating, he's better aligned to communicate with me because I come from that where um Ava floats her own boat. She can go every way, up, down, crisscross, right? Like she's as silly with her dad as, as she is with me. And I just, I feel for the mamas. I see a lot of mamas right now that have kids younger than us, younger than our children, who are like, oh, I'm starting to feel that struggle. Like so and so wants more time to herself or, or she wants to be come home and jump on the phone with her friends or do this. And my advice is hang on. Like they're, they're not, it, it's going to come back and it's going to come back even better. Like yeah. Ava and I, and she's younger, but she is an old soul. Ava is way wiser beyond her years, more than any 12 year old girl I've ever met. And so our, we have long car rides to the barn. So I tell her no phone on the way to the barn and we talk and, you know, maybe she doesn't want to tell me everything that's going on with the girl dynamic or with the mean girls at school or with this one or that. But I get, I still get that opportunity to engage and try to get in her world, which I think, you know, we've talked about multiple times, like getting in their world, but right now, like 
sometimes they don't want us in their world. Sometimes they want that space and you got to be okay with that. It's like that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, that kind of goes for your kids too, right? Yeah. And yeah, and we need to leave them. We need to, you know, there's times when they, they're mouthy and they say they resist. And that's a difference than when they're just needing their own space because they're, they're trying to be fully formed people and, and they're going to be grown ups for most of their lives. And, and it is, it does change. Like my relationship with Jack has changed that we have, have a different relationship now than we did a few years ago. And we have conversations now about stuff that we would have years ago that are completely turned where he Mm -hmm. sees differently now he's got a different perspective and he can take in information that he he wasn't able to when he was a little kid and so it's more meaningful conversations that i can have with him more meaningful interactions than just like did you you need to brush your teeth you know here are your clean clothes you need to take a bath like the basic things that we have to do as parents, but there's more meaning. It's just fewer, fewer of those events that happen throughout the day. And yeah, it's sad. And we need, we need to not gloss over that sadness too. Of mm-hmm. Letting our children, letting that part of childhood go. Like it's, it's, it's leaving. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay because we went through it as kids and we can, when I think about when I was that age and what I was doing and what, what was happening and, and how I resisted my parents. Mm -hmm. And so it's a natural progression. It's just that I was saying this to him recently that when I was his age and we used to do events at school like 50s 1950s kinds of things Mm -hmm. when I was like in little grade school and thinking about how long ago that felt to me when I was in grade school and that that was only like 30 some years before and then now thinking about what 30 years ago was to me is now to him doesn't feel like 30 years the same way as it did when I was, you know, a kid in the 1980s. Right. 50s felt forever ago. And I remember how my dad used to light up because like 50s, he was in his 20s and he was having a good old time with his friends. And I remember him getting excited about those 50s things. Um, So the time perspective is different for for our kids, it seems like so long ago mm-hmm. that they were little people. But for us, yeah. it feels like not as long ago. And it's harder, I think, for us to adjust to that because of that mm-hmm. time. It's like a time warp or something. I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah, whoa, 10 it years just happens. Five. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, but this is what this mama unity community is all about being able to recognize like these feelings are normal. And that, that feeling like when you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I just got stabbed in the heart. Like it does happen. And I swore when they were little, that's not going to happen to me. All these parents that said it was going to happen. 
oh, hell yeah, it's going to happen. It, it happens to everybody at, at some given moment in time because they're growing older and there's no stopping that. They're getting bigger. Like you said, they're going to be adults for the rest of their life. For, and for hopefully a very long time too. Savor, savoring, it's like savor the flavor. You know, when you're, when you're eating the ice cream, savor the flavor. Like when you're drinking the coffee, savor the flavor of watching and being, being able to bear witness to watching our children grow and go through all of these new paths. And, and oh, it can be such a struggle. It can. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the boys, the the girls, the mean girls, the the up and down, the hormones, the they don't know why they feel the way they feel. And then you like explain to them why they feel the way they feel. And they're uncomfortable with why you're explaining to them the way they feel. <laughs> it's an ever evolving thing. But I think the sooner we can we can capture those moments in speaking to them the better understanding they have as to, hey, I will always be on the other side of that rope. No matter how much distance you need to put up right now, I'm still going to be standing there holding on to it. And, and I will pick you up. I will back you up because that's unconditional love. Yes. And that's really important. And I love the rope analogy. We used to say that to Lexi all the time when she was a preteener. You can always call us. It doesn't matter what you got yourself into mm -hmm. out there in the world. If you need to call someone and be safe, we won't judge. We will come get you and then we will deal with it, whatever it is. But that's like, that's the rope. You know, I, I will be here for you. I will support you and help you. Just call me, just ask me, I will be here for you. And I think that like, as mamas, we create this, our nest. And, mm -hmm. you know, people call our, your house, like the house is, is a nest, but it is a nest. It's like a, that comforting place, you know, creating mm -hmm. that environment where kids can feel welcome, where kids and their friends can feel welcome to come and be and feel like they can be themselves and feel like they're being supported. And I think that is a huge gift to give to kids, especially as they're transitioning from kid to preteen to teen yeah. to young adult. And I know I always thought that even being a grown up, even being married, I always had that feeling like if I if I needed help, I could always call my parents and they would help me. They would find a way to help me because they gave me that support as a person mm -hmm. growing up and knowing that they would be there to, if something happened, I had that nest. I had that rope, you know, that rope yeah. was strong. And I mean, I mouthed off a lot. And stuff like that as a teenager, and I, 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 I we all did, but yeah. They still like I still always felt confident in that, and I think that's like a huge thing because not every yeah. kid up with that. 
rope. No. And, and you can't assume that your child just knows that. So I think speaking it is super, super important. And it's affirming to them that no matter what I do, come hell or high water, it's going to be okay. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. We're going to work it out. I think having that line of communication that always kept, that is always kept open. Are you good? Cause I can tell you're a little off. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. When you're ready to talk about it, if you want to write about it or you want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm your keeper. It's funny. I said, um, <laughs> last week, I, I'm doing all the things, doing lots of all the things, extra things. And I said, I'm everybody's keeper. I'm everybody's keeper. I'm the keeper of everybody's things. I know where everybody's things are. Who's my keeper? I need a keeper. <laughs> and my husband, who's been going through this whole, you know, life transition of, of things that he's been dealing with over the past few months, he's like, I'm your keeper. Even though I'm not 100% myself now, I'll be your keeper. I'm like, well, thank you. Because someone needs to catch me when I'm, when I'm you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm catching everybody else. So yeah, it's, it's important <laughs> to have that conversation. It is important because we, I think women tend to try to help everybody else before we go. Mm -hmm ourselves or help everyone else before we ask for help or wait until we're at the end of our rope and say, why do I have to do everything? Why can't you people? You know, one of those kinds of yeah. moments. And before it gets to that point, it's important to speak up. Just like we try, you know, we're trying to teach our kids that that they can rely on us. And in order to know that, that we're not going to go crazy mm -hmm. when something goes, not really the way that they want it to, we need to show that we can handle and we are, and we're like, well, and to make good decisions because the older they get, I mean, especially the boys right now, like they're tall, they look like small grown men. Right. Yeah. Like they look like they're, they're they may be little boys still inside and maturity level, you know, sometimes backs down. But when other people look at them, they're looking at them as teenagers, even though they're still 13, 14. And, you know, something we've really been dealing with in the month of January is make sure you you're responsible for your words, your actions, what you text, what you write, what you say, words hurt. Um, and it goes both ways. So being, I can't, I can't jump in front of you and you're not, I can't protect you. If you put something out there um, that is mean or hard, or, you know, we can talk about it, but there's going to be consequence. So it's kind of like, making sure they're set up for knowing you do X, this is the consequence. You do Y, this is the consequence. Or there's always that in between. Um, give your kid a code word. If they're in a situation and they want to be picked up, they're at a friend's house and all of a sudden things are kind of getting out of control and they're getting uncomfortable. It's like, 
send me something, come up with something. And then that's your cue to call to say, hey, I'm coming to pick you up because you didn't do X. You didn't clean up your room. You were split in and then you pick them up. So that's also having the other end of the rope. Like we, but communicating and talking to these kids about all of these things is so meaningful and so important because just assuming that they know, they don't know. They don't know. I can promise you my 13 year old does not know. <laughs> I have to have these conversations with him, even though he may turn to me and say, I know, I know, mom, I know, I know. And I'm like, yeah, but do you, did you really understand like how it can go from here to here very quickly now that you're older and because it can and it, and it does. And I've seen it. Yeah. No, those conversations are really important and not assuming that they know because, you know, just what you said. I also find that asking Jack for help with things also helps to build that bond and that trust because he doesn't like to be asked to do things just to do them. He likes to be asked to do things that I actually do need help with. Like I have a torn shoulder. So opening jars and certain things like pulling laundry out of the dryer is hard for me because I have a torn shoulder. So he knows that and he is very willing to help me. But then he then has a participatory relationship with me where I'm helping him and he's helping me too. Mm -hmm. That helps to build his like his confidence in the household and in the family. Like he is not just the guy that takes out the trash because he thinks like he says, he said last night, why can't dad do it? He can do it. And I'm like, you know, I can't because my shoulder, I can't carry the, the trash cans down the stairs that are full. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know about you, but why can't dad do it? You know, and it's like, it's you're right. Job. He's physically able to do this job. So he needs to feel like he has value and importance. Yeah. And, he's a and the older he gets, he needs to have that role more and more and more defined as being his unique role in our family too. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have, we have a drone that we've had for years. I've never used this morning. I said to him, well, your assignment after school, your chore today is to finally learn how to use this drone because we want to use it in our backyard to show projects. Um, and he, he's like, that's a weird chore. Yes, it is a weird chore, but you're great Fine. with technology and this is something that you can do and this would be really helpful to our house and our family and our work and all of our stuff and he gets that so I think in seeing them transition seeing Jack transition into this where he thinks he's a grown-up already hmm. is to give him some more of that stuff and not more experience yeah. yeah, not just to take out the trash, set the table, unload the dishwasher stuff, mm -hmm. but things that are uniquely identified and in their wheelhouse of strengths so that they feel like there's value there. Because I know when I feel like I'm contributing something that's my uniqueness, I feel like I'm part of it. Like I feel mm -hmm. more part of the whole thing. 
then I do feel like I'm just some person over here doing like stapling stuff or filing yeah. or whatever the mundane thing is. No, I love that. It reminds me of this past week. Um, Ava's infusions now are, we have to use two different, um, two different tubings. And in order to switch off to the second, when she's done the first, I literally need a third hand. And can Ava and I do it? Yes. Ava doesn't really enjoy seeing the second part. So this past infusion, I was like, Chase, can you come here? Because he's not involved in the infusions like he was when they first started, where we were like, we need to experience this as a family. We need, you need to understand what she's going through because attention is attention is attention, whether it was good or bad. Right. And I said, okay, I need you to hold this. Do not touch the top of it. Just stand here and hold this. Let me unlock this. And then we're going to switch and you're going to give me this. He came up, he did it. And just for that moment, he felt a part of it. And even though it was a chore for him to get out of, he was laying with his dad on the couch watching a show and he got up. What do you need? What do you need? Because I was like, I really, I really could use your help right now. What do you need? All right. And he followed up. And I think that gave him a little bit of maybe later or in the moment gave him some clarity of, oh, yeah, my sister has to do this stuff. Oh, yeah. I just always kind of peek my head in and I'm, you know, because that's what he does. He'll peek his head in and say, are you good? Do you want me to sit with you? Are you okay? You know, she had a friend over that keeps it moving. So then he feels like he doesn't have to be involved. Well, there's sometimes where there's not a friend and I'm like, she could really use someone to just sit there and watch a show with her or keep her mind. So mm -hmm. Yeah, little things like that. It builds their perspective too. It builds, like you're saying, it builds them up. It makes them feel they have more than a place than just being a child or just having the same routine of taking out the trash or just having, you know, we have a shared, um, a shared, what am I trying to say? Calendar on our phone. And it's like, you know, Club Conley George, chores. And it's, you know, Chase, take out the trash. And, I'll watch it come up and it comes up on all our phones. And I'm like, I wonder how long it's going to be until he actually gets up and takes out the trash, you know, and sometimes he does it right away. And sometimes he's like swipe. And then it's nine o'clock and I'm like, mm, now you're walking outside in the dark. Good luck. We have no straight lights. I know you don't like to walk outside in the dark, but you made that choice. So if you want to act like a grown up, then you need to do it when it came up. Now, so, yeah, yeah. The, the struggle is real. It is. And I, and it is hard and it's hard, it's hard in different ways for every family mm -hmm. and it's hard in every way for different ways for every child and parent and. Yes. Every I, child is unique. They have their own way. And what you may think, like what I may think is not the way he would do it. So giving them that space. Yeah. And being some kids respond to like being forceful and domineering and demanding. And mm -hmm. some kids need a lighter touch and some kids mm -hmm. need, I mean, it's just, it's different. Every kid is different. And I think that's, what's so great about harvesting you is that we can talk about it. 
Yeah. Uncensored, unfiltered, you know, there's, what do we have to hide? I think be, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable as mamas is just refilling that bucket, refueling our mojo to help us fill up so we can be the best for ourselves and others. And I think it is important to recognize that we have to show up for ourselves first because otherwise we get drained emotionally. We end up with anxiety hangovers. We end up sick or, you know, just down to the ground if, if we're not filling up our buckets. And when things like this, when transition of kids changing and growing and doing and older, if we're not set up internally fully in that soul self space, it's harder to navigate. And it's already hard to navigate. Absolutely. It is hard to navigate. And transitioning is just another, it's just another layer of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they haven't been changing all along, but when puberty hits, there is a clear change occurring yes. that is, it, it makes, it makes a lot of us look at baby pictures and say, I remember when, yeah, yeah, a lot Those of that. Facebook throwbacks. Yeah. Because they're changing mentally. They're changing physically. They're questioning everything. They're changing soulfully and they don't understand all the changes. I had to explain to Ava what PMSing means. And then she's like, oh, that makes sense. Or when uh, Mercury was in retrograde, under explaining to her about um, how, you know, the planets you normally move east to west and retrograde means it goes opposite. And we feel that vibration that everything is made of energy and we feel that change in energy. And if you're super grounded and intuitive and allow that in, it will flip you. Kind yes. of I had that conversation with my husband on um two two twenty-two. Yep. And I said that the energy is there's a shift that occurs. And I said that to Jack, I said that to him, and my husband said, Oh, that's just a bunch of malarkey. And I said, but no, it's not, because yeah. there is there's chemical or chemical reactions that happen that are different because of sunlight, because of temperature, because of, you know, the way molecules move, the way mm -hmm. like energy is everywhere in a different way. And it, it does happen because we are part of this nature. So, and nature does change and nature is affected by itself and by these these subtleties that happen and we feel it it affects moods it affects um it affects how we feel it affects how productive we can be mm -hmm. i mean there's so much there that and we we can observe it from just watching nature and how they react to the full moon how your animals like they are all super super affected by that transition, that new coming in, old going out. Um, 
And it's really nice when you can acknowledge and realize that this is this is a thing. It does happen. Energy is real. This is this is scientific stuff, guys. The way it impacts us once we understand okay, wait a minute, it's a new moon or the 2-2, 22. It's kind of flipping things around a little bit. I know why I'm off balance today. I know why they're off balance today. Maybe I need to have a conversation with that child as to why and have them understand that it's kind of like your vibes attract your tribe. Well, the energy that's happening in the world and in the universe is having an effect on how you and everybody else around you may or may not be feeling. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think being aware of that is important and recognizing it is important. I think it's like the best thing we can do for our kids is be available as they're transitioning and then also be available to give these insights and say, you know, you're feeling this and this is, this might be why, and it might not be, it might be this other reason, but giving them some, something to lean into, you know, something to not just have the feelings that are just floating around because it's hard as a preteener and a teener and mm -hmm. going through all that and young adult and knowing knowing that they're not the only ones going through this. Right. And they might not know how to ask the questions they want to ask because they're not yeah. really sure with what. So being that line of communication for them is really what they need versus just shutting them down when they're mouthing off or sending them to their room or, you know, starting a new day and not reflecting back on why this, you know, outburst or outrage occurred the, the prior day. You can't just step over yeah. things because then they fester and they'll be in therapy when they're 30 from them. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, as parents, we're like, we're not only like a guide and a protector mm -hmm. of our kids, but we're also a translator of the world for our children translator between the world and them as they're going along and they're as they're going to be interacting with the world solely on their own too but we need yeah. to translate things for them so that they have the tools the language and the um confidence and ability to be able to be fully formed grown-ups and make good decisions I hope. Yeah. We all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All we can do is guide, like you said. Well, thank well, I you. I feel really good. Great. About this. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. This is a great talk. Honestly, you know, because this is one of those things that just weighs on me all of the time about that, that transition, and I try to deal with it, and it's nice to talk about it, and it's nice... You know, for the mamas that are listening, it's, I hope that you picked something up. I hope that something that we said connected or sparked or something that you might try or think about a little differently that might make your days a little bit easier with your kids. Yes, please comment, subscribe, give us feedback. Let us know what you got out of this podcast. Share it with a friend, another mama friend. 
The more you share, the more our Mama Unity community can grow organically and touch other mamas around the world. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Ah! Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.